spidey senses tingling. Gorilla Big Show. That voice broadcasting from the Earth 2 of your hearts is Slim, the host of the Paper Cake Podcast, episode 64. Welcome to the show. Papercake.com, check it out. Hottest Tumblr safe for work you've ever seen. What was that, 40,000, 50,000 followers right now? Lost count. Lost count. Lost count long ago. Uh, this is a comics podcast. We talk about industry news. Uh, the books we're reading, new and old. New and old. And we also do a book club. Fantastic for unthinkable. Unthinkable. And we read your letters live to close out the show. Uh, letters at paperkeg.com. Mark Wade Love Fest 2012 continues. And it's about daggone time. Let's watch the language. Daggone? We're not doing that? Look out. It's inappropriate. It's too bassy. Welcome to the show. You know, you're a new listener. You know, you use the Instacast, the Pocketcast, the iTunes, the awful looking Stitcher app. We're in it. We're we're in it for you, Stitcher heads. I opened that app for the first time and I almost. Peed, bombed, and est. It's just ugly. We Sorry, hope, Stitcher. Hope you're happy, one listener. <laughs> <laughs> we do it for yeah, you. I wanted the Stitcher app. Let's go around the room and introduce our illustrious panel of hosts. Uh, you know, I listen to some comics podcasts, and they don't introduce hosts. You know, that's just grade A, number one, you know, I don't, in some kind of list. Roger Knuckle doohickey nonsense. To my right. That's a black comedian for you right there. I've heard of that. Attaboy. <laughs> Attaboy. Uh, uh, podcast bad boy. Uh, his hair looks great. It looks like it's got some some stylish gel in it tonight. It's going to get cut soon. That's all I can say. Soon. Twitter celeb. Oh, I like that. Yeah? You're a Twitter celeb. Thank you. Uh, he used to review... Web comics for paperkeg.com. Back when that was a site that produced content and we all had free time. Now we don't do that anymore. Rest in peace. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's uh, good to be here and uh, I'm glad we're here for uh, another week. Has it been a week already since we recorded yeah. the last show? Mm-hmm. Feels like feels like just an hour ago. It does. Jonesy loves beer. You are working on a top secret comic book project. Um, with former paper keg cover artist at Fiendsta. This is true. I choose not to go into detail, however. Okay. Wow. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for coming back. Uh, you know, we, we are able to have dinner together again. The uh, five of us. Sure. You know, the right. four of us and my preggo wife. Mm-hmm. And it's always a pleasure, a pleasure, <laughs> to have you at my home. Call uh, back. To... My left, the final uh, piece of this puzzle. You are a published writer 
You're a Batman genealogist, and you're a internet star. It's good to be back, Mark. It's good to be here, Mark Farrington, ladies and gentlemen. Look for him soon on Tosh Point No. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it's been like eleven months, Mark. Uh, I think on this show he broke news that he was going to be on Tosh Point oh, his video troupe. Uh, he's like, yeah, he's working on me on Tosh Point oh, What do you think of that? And he whipped it out and just laid on the table. Yeah, it's like what happened? When are you going to be on Tosh Point oh? Producer keeps saying next time. So, just like that girl who promises to call and never does. Typical producers, uh, right? Right. You can't trust them. Can't blame you, man. You know what? We had a good run. Uh, VP of merch Dale underscore A likes to read the news to us. You know, and we comment. It's kind of my thing with our witty commentary. Yeah, what do you got for us? Well, I got some uh, some good news for uh, for books close to our heart. Disney Studios, you know, they make movies and stuff. They make big big things. Sure. Guess what? They just snatched up the rights to the stuff of legend. Oh, no. get Remember out that? of here! Yeah, I love that. Great book. I have a book. Volume one and two signed by the creators. Hmm. About a uh, a boy and his toys. He uh, he's kidnapped. Through his bedroom closet oh, by the boogeyman. His toys follow him, and they enter this other world where their toys turn into total BAs. <laughs> yeah, they turn into, like, quasi-real-life versions of themselves. Yeah. And like they the teddy bear becomes this BA bear. Like grizzly bear. Yeah. And the jack-in-the-box turns into this creepy clown with dual axes. I mean, it's pretty, yeah, it's it's pretty really amazing. Cool. Mm-hmm. And the fact that... Uh, Disney might snatch that up and create a uh, live action slash CGI. I'm Daily. down. Uh, yeah, I think we can all get down. I would Kickstarter that if I could. What uh, publishing house put out that book originally? Um, Third World Studios with a three third three world. Cool. cool. Um, yeah, Brian uh, Mike raked Brian Smith C P Wilson the third. Of course, Do it. great book. If uh, you guys it's fun. fun book, see it out there. I know they have a some beautiful. Uh, Square sized uh, hard, hard hard covers and they're, paperbacks. It's in the app. Amazing imprint. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Uh, snatch it up, please. Good for Disney. Yeah, good for them. That's that's great for they them. They need some money. Yeah, they're hurting. Well, the Avengers tanked, so they got to yeah. replenish. Uh, the Ninja Turtles reboot movie <laughs> delayed. <laughs> there you go. That's that. That's that news nugget. Nerdy news nugget. No Avengers news this week. You know who? Uh, is in the uh, West Coast Avengers, Daredevil. That's right. R.E. colon his movie news. You know who David Slade is? He's rebooting Daredevil. Yeah. This news item is so silly. You know who he wants? Who? As Daredevil? Tell me. Call back Josh Hartnett. Get. No. Uh, stop. We should it. just rename the name of the podcast Josh Hartnett Cast. <laughs> this, is this, this guy trolling me right this now? This news item is so silly. This it is, is a bleeding cool news item where the director. Some fans suggested casting and something like, I'd love to see, he's like, I'd love to see the Daredevil project up and running again, and maybe Josh Hartnett would be pretty cool or something, and the director's like, I agree, smiley face, so now that means he wants Josh Hartnett as Daredevil. Josh Hartnett hasn't made a movie in like a decade. He's like 49 years old at this point, (laughs) right? (laughs) What was his last movie, that one with Harrison Ford? Hollywood Homicide. (laughs) Best movie ever produced by a human being. You whipped that out like none other. That would be Hollywood Homicide. Just go back and watch Halloween H2O so you can get your Josh Hartnett fix. I know I will tonight. 
Forty and, Days uh, and Forty Nights is actually pretty good, though. That, yeah, that was a good movie. Where it's where he what does like a second virginity or something. Yeah, he like stopped that. having sex for forty days. I was just thinking about that. I like that what's movie. The, what's the one where they're teenagers and Elijah Woods? Say by the Bell. No, stop. Final, Des- Final Destination. And aliens take over. Oh, the, the faculty. faculty. Yeah, the, the faculty with Ursher. He was in it too. That was I'm a sorry, Rob- Ursher. Ursher. Wasn't that a Robert was that? Rodriguez? Usher Raymond. <laughs> What is happening right now? Is James Mark trolling us right now with Usher Jones? He's a famous black guy. I know who Usher is. I was Who's, talking to Jared yeah, Jones, but I know Who's Usher. Usher. Who's Usher? Is this some kind of slang that we're not aware of? You know what, Dale? What else do we have? I don't have time for this. <laughs> I don't have time. Um, just one other uh, thing, real quick. Paolo Rivera. God love him. God, God love him. Us. He just. Uh, this is great news for Paolo, but uh, he just ended his ten-year exclusivity contract with Marvel. Yeah. Ten years the guy's been there. Wow. Quite a send-off he wrote. It was on his blog. Yeah, really heartfelt uh, blog at post about how he's, he's you know, he's been treated. He's one of the family. He's been treated like family at Marvel. He's got nothing but good things to say about him. But uh, the fact of the matter is, most of the stuff he's done, he doesn't, uh, you know, it's, it's company property. And he'd just like to, you know, get a taste for something he could, uh, you know, get royalties on from here on out. His own creations, his own work. So it sounds like he had the chance to re-up, but didn't, his exclusivity contract. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I mean, he said that everybody at Marvel was completely understanding and why he would want to do it, and he's still going to be doing some Marvel stuff. He's going to be doing covers car- covers for Daredevil. Didn't, doesn't it was dad, an amiable doesn't part. Doesn't dad ink him? Do you know that? Oh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I he talked about it. Or am I thinking of, um, oh, I'm thinking of a totally different artist this whole time. I thought we're talking. I thought this was Marcos Martin. No, this is Paolo no. Rivera. This is Paolo yes. Rivera. Most uh, most notably, the uh, couple uh, Daredevil covers. What's Marcos Martin doing? Did he leave to do a creator-owned project? Uh, that's too? not in my news notes. I don't I, know. I apologize. Bring this up, but I just know that they'd started it together. Right? It was like they're they're shifting off of uh, art chores. Those two. Yeah, oh, yeah. he's still no? he's going to be still doing Daredevil in some capacity, yeah. uh, switching off with Chris Somney, my boy, my BFF, your new best friend. Yeah, my BFF, Somney. I want someone to Photoshop the two of you standing next to each other, <laughs> high fiving or something. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it when like a creator replies us and we're just like high fiving and chuckling at each other. It's rock total rock star <laughs> moment. It's amazing when any of us get tweeted by. I it. love it. I love it. Remember when Steve Niles told you that Mystery Society wasn't happening anymore? It's oh, a yeah. kind of weird, vague explanation. <laughs> that was the Bummer. worst tweet back ever. I mean, it just <laughs> broke my heart. Like, it was cool that he replied, but I, I to bring twi- that news? I Twittered something. I alluded to an image creator. You know those interviews they do at the end of the books with, like, image creators and, like, their typewriter? Oh, yeah. And uh, he was, like, the end. The, the Leotard boys had their time 70 years. You know, it's time for something new and exciting. <laughs> Jeez. He's writing a goddamn Batman comic like in two months. Like what? What, he's, hey, what, yeah, yeah. what are you saying? You know what just sprung to mind when uh, Brew Baker followed Swim, that's uh, Slim, not Swim. <laughs> <laughs> followed kind of Slim show. and he screenshotted the, that was uh, Temple Smith, the uh, Temple Smith, and sent it to all of us. <laughs> oh <D-bag>. yeah, bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Steve Niles comment just rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. that's he's that's a, he's a, a creator and extremist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's like a, Dale. A, a creator and jihadist man. He's go out there. <laughs> he will park a van in front of your company-owned property, and that van will be a full fertilizer, and he will blow that thing up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nowhere else, folks. All right, we got to move on. Uh, comic talk. 
comic talk. Uh, who's going to start it off this week? Can I start it off? Let's, let's, let's Please do. Start it off. It's going to be an X-Men week for me. Oh, I like it already. X-Men Legacy. Christos Cage, my boy. Yeah, we're like this. He, did he did he tweet you back a couple times? Like, I haven't at replied him yet, but I'm waiting for that perfect moment okay. where we can create a relationship between us. All right? Uh, yeah, that's something special. I got to tell you, <laughs> it's really something special when you can create do that with a creator. Uh, X Men Legacy is the Rogue book. Yes, it is. Uh, this issue is an AVX tie-in, but it's a it's a nice tie-in. It has nothing to do with you know fighting Iron Fist or some other just stupid garbage. Uh, it follows this character, Frenzy, which is a member of Rogue's team. She's kind of a, a nut. She's a loose cannon. She's always angry. She's like Starbuck from Battlestar Galactica. Anybody watch that? Nope. Nope. All right. The character, uh, this is the first book I've read where it talks about the Phoenix Five. You know, the, the X-Men. Kieran Gillen's team is the Phoenix Five now. Right. Spoiler. So they're apparently they're on a mission to clean up Earth. You know, get rid of all weapons and get rid of war. So Cyclops is, like, in this town, like, destroying all their weapons. Uh, the problem is he didn't get all of them, so they have to send Frenzy in to prevent these young soldiers from getting into too much trouble now that there's no weapons to stop them from doing anything bad. So they send Frenzy in, and she sees this girl, this little girl getting beat up by this guy, and it reminds her of her past. So this is like a backstory of Frenzy that I had no idea anything about this character until I started reading X-Men Legacy. So she sees this young girl getting beat by what she finds out is her husband. She's like 13. And uh, you see the backstory of her getting beat by her father. Um, and there was a relationship where she was the younger sister of a soldier uh, that the father loved. Like his son was the soldier in the family. And then he, when he died, he, like, took it out on the daughter. So she sees, like, she makes a connection with this, this like, 13-year-old girl in this um, this poor society. So she ends up taking the girl with her to find, the, you know, the, um, the, the I don't know what, what you would call it, like, like, these extremists that had these weapons in this, in this poor town. And uh, she eventually cleans them up. So then the, the cuckoos... Remember them? Emma Frost is like... The Stepford Cuckoo? Yeah. Yeah. They come in and they're going to mind wipe the town. And, like, this town has been oppressed. Like, there's been, like, rape and violence for these poor people that have been in the town. So they're about to mind wipe the town and give them kind of happy thoughts. And, like, none of this stuff ever happened. But Frenzy says, you know, stop. I think a lot of these memories need to stay. These are memories that are going to build these into better people. You know, they're going to grow from this. So it was a cool moment where they had the opportunity to give them a better life and get rid of those memories, but she wanted some people to keep some moments so that they grew into better people. Hmm. Great. I've been really digging... Um, I didn't read this one yet, but I, I've been really digging X-Men Legacy since the AVX tie-in. I'm glad because of the tie-in I picked it up, but... Uh, the Rogue where she... um, where she, Where they're fighting like Iron Man and... Yeah. The Falcon. Yeah. So the one? Yeah. Where she great, lets great, loose. Great. She that doesn't want to let loose, but she has to. Yep. She goes blind with yeah. rage. Dan, I think if you went back even further when Mike Carey was writing it, because he had the book for seven or eight years, it's been a continuously solid read. Yeah. And you don't need to know everything about the X-Men to enjoy it. I just remember I was trying to read, I think it was uh, right before 
Wolverine started the school up. I tried reading a book that was just rogue talking to Magneto and Gambit, and I was just really turned off. Like, I just wasn't in the mood, I think, to was read the book. Was you making jokes about something Magneto was wearing in that book? Somebody read I, that. I, and I may have been. He was wearing, like, pleated pants or something, and somebody was making <laughs> no, fun of it. No, I, that wasn't so me. It sounded like a Dale joke. I would never uh, the one, make fun of The arc pants. before that with Mimic and his best friend who can't control his mutant power, that two-issue arc or three-issue... I know. So uh, I have a couple. When it was Extreme X Men, right? That's where for it. That was a, that was astonishing, astonishing. This no. was the original Extreme. adjectiveless X Men from '92 that ran continuously. And then Professor X got oh. shot in the head by Bishop, and then became X Men Legacy, right? Which was like a Magneto Professor X book for a while. So what's uh, what did Extreme X Men turn into? Adjectiveless just got canceled. It got canceled. No, it turned into something. I'm no. Sure. Extreme X Men was Claremont. Back in the day, in Salvador La Roca. We'll have to uh, get back on that. Uh, I but just anyway. did. I just told you. So. No, but anyway, the uh, yeah, I've been pretty impressed with X Men Legacy. I I don't. Uh, I wonder if I can keep it up after the tie-ins because it's just too, a lot of books I'm buying. I I can't, can't keep up. Chance, did you have a comment before we move on to Mark? No, but I wanted to say this before I lost it. Um, Mike Carey, who did all these issues, uh, because of his work on that title. I actually picked up his novels, which are also very good. Really? Yeah. Well, sexy sexy cool. novels? The Devil You Know novels. They're really good. It's good to know. Yeah. Sweet. Sorry, go ahead. Mark Farrington, DC historian, comma, former. Went way back to the archives, read one of my favorite single issues ever. Mark Hives. And it kind of... <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Trademark, Dale. <laughs> it kind of dovetails on the Your Robin talk from last week, but I read... Robin number 156. Oh my God, he had that many issues? It went up to in the 180s, Good and then they canceled Lord. it to relaunch it. God bless. 209 <laughs> consecutive issues. This was, this is one of my favorite single issue titles. It was written by Adam Beechin with art by Freddie Williams when they were the regular creative team on that for a while. <clears throat> Excuse me. How's it start? It starts with Robin going to a hospital to visit a little boy who wanted to be his sidekick. Thanks to a this guy jumping into his battle, one of Robin's battles, he got injured, and Robin is feeling guilty about it. He sees his parents. His parents say, we understand. He was over-impetuous. He never should have done that, but it doesn't appease his guilt. Robin leaves the hospital, and he's just walking around. He's got a lot on his mind. He's been through a lot the last year. He sees a little boy, no, excuse me, he sees a college freshman standing on the ledge of a skyscraper debating whether or not to jump. Next panel, he sits down with him, says, hey, mind if I join you? And the guy is stunned. He's like, you're Robin. Yeah, my friends call me Rob. He goes, <laughs> no, oh, okay. Don't. No, they don't. Nobody does. You can't stop me. He says, I'm not going to try to. Guy is stunned. He's like, what? You're a hero. This is what you do. He says, think about it. I can't be with you 24 hours a day. If you're going to jump, you're going to jump. So, even though I think it's pretty selfish. So, he just starts talking to the guy. College freshman. He wanted to go recreate his own image when he goes off to college. It didn't go well. He didn't have any friends. Broke up with the one girl who really treated him great in high school. Tried to come back and found out that she was happy. He's feeling sorry for himself and wants to end it all. Robin talks him off the ledge. The whole issue is them talking. And anybody who follows the books knows that within that year, Tim Drake had a lot going on. In one year, he lost his father. He lost his girlfriend, Stephanie Brown. She died. And he also lost Superboy. He died. And so he's just reeling. 
So it's about the two of them talking about how they can relate to each other and how life is actually not that bad. And sometimes things work out for the best. Is this Dick Grayson or Tim Drake? Tim Drake. Oh, so his dad didn't die from the poison? No. His dad died in identity crisis. Did he get a boomerang in his back? That's right. Yep. He got a boomerang through the chest. Gets him every time. Every time. (laughs) It was just good. It's a script that I... Boomerangs. It's in... (laughs) Bursting through your chest. My one weakness. (laughs) You can shoot a boomerang. I'm not... Whatever. I don't know what... Um... It was good. It's the kind of issue that we don't see in a while. It's about a guy who, I guess it's their attempt to try to be human, but it's also a subtle reminder at just how stressful a superhero's life could be. There's no supervillain. There's no battle. There's no nothing. It's just two just guys life. talking. It's just life. Highly just, recommend it. It's just life, you know. Uh, speaking of life, Gen Z loves living. What are you reading right now? I kind of want to talk about AVX5. It might be passe at this point. It's been two weeks. It's the archives. Uh, <laughs> Six might be out by the time this issue posts. Yeah, this fair episode. enough. I, we all read it, right? We all read AVX5. Yep. Uh, then really, let's just cut to the ending. What would what was everybody's thoughts on the X-Men getting absorbed by the Phoenix Force and becoming the Phoenix Five, if you will? What were your thoughts? Like it Intrigued. I didn't like it. I just thought it was a cop out. Yeah, absolutely. You send this team out to block the Phoenix Force to tell this great sub story about um, the Kree and what's going to happen when the Phoenix Force gets there and who could possibly stop it. And you kind of give us a red herring that can be stopped in the form of a Thor's hammer could absorb, uh, absorb the energy. So they need to go get more of that material. And then the Avengers and the X-Men, like, when this book starts out, at the, at the end of 4, she's like, I'm going to stop the Phoenix Force, I'm going to absorb it, everything will be fine. In the beginning issue 5, that statement is still valid, but the X-Men and the Avengers just kind of, like, do that cartoony thing where they just look at each other for a second, then they go right back to fighting. It did. It felt forced. And then the reveal at the end... Like, it just felt cheap to me, like, let's give the X-Men new costumes, and we'll do this little quirk, and by the time 6 is over, I think it's going to be undone. I think it lasts through the series, because the variant covers for issue, like, 11 and 12 are Phoenix Cyclops fighting Phoenix Emma. Uh, I agree with his thoughts, also because I can't wait for the teaser that they release No More Avengers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wonder when that starts. I think around 8. Um, what about the scene where um, Hope pretty much think, realizes she was wrong? She's like, I can't take it, Wolverine. You have to just put me out of my misery. That was good. That I, That's a redeeming quality to the book. I thought the only thing that the part of the issue that felt rushed was that. It was like that part right there, Slim, because like one panel, she's like, I can take this. And the very next panel, she's like, I can't take this. I really need Wolverine. I just need you to come kill me right now. And then like, like there ham- was, she didn't even suffer for half an issue. Yeah. Ha- hamburger Wolverine comes into the panel and <laughs> yeah. tries to do it. But. Somehow when it, his head is outside of his mask, it's bigger than when it is inside. Probably because <laughs> it it's so huge, on fire. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's large. I did the burns. do my own thought bubble. Wolverine's like, all right, let's yeah. go. <laughs> my face is burning off. I, th- I like the, uh, Reveal at the end. I I think most people would hate it because it's not what they would do with the book, no. and it's and it's not technically the Avengers versus the X Men at that point. But exactly, that's it. We're not going to see a hard 
bitten yeah, fight I, anymore. It's just going to be like, we oh, don't know yeah. that. We don't know. But it's not, okay. re- I guess in pe- a lot of people's eyes, it's not the X-Men now. It's the Phoenix right. Men. But I'm, I'm excited to see where the storyline goes. I think it's a, a turned it on its ear and it's uh, something that nobody was expecting. So I, I mean, I'm not going to stop reading. Right. It just perturbed me on a level that I, I can't quite articulate. You know what's great about this story, too? It's just like Civil War, where no matter how they write this, one side has to win and one has to lose. This isn't a, hey, you know what, guys? We've been being douches. Let's just team up and stop this. Well, yeah, they do is... they? You don't know. I don't know. I, I, I do don't. appreciate the fact that they weren't afraid to destroy the status quo. And we can't go back to the status quo. I get that. And I like that. I love when everybody takes a chance and does that. Marvel does it the most. So that, like, I appreciate the event for what it is. I guess I just didn't see this coming. And I'm, gonna I'm lead, at a crossroads. It's going to lead into Bendis and Greg Land rebooting Uncanny X-Force. <laughs> for, you, uh, Uncanny X-Men. <laughs> you sound like how I felt about Thomas Wayne last week. It's just, it's not enough to turn me off. I just didn't care for it. Maybe. I don't know. And that what, Thomas Wayne thing was great. Hey, what's we got to move on. Thank you. We're, we're too much time here. Dude, AVX. Dale oh. underscore A. I'm going to talk about uh, Four Watchmen, Silk Spectre number one. What? Great issue. What? What a great issue. Jonesy, you said it all. <laughs> uh, Darwin Cook, Amanda Connor. You you get no better. I mean, if you think you're missing Darwin's Darwin Cook's pencils, you got Amanda Connor, and just makes it just as swell. Um, Silk Spectre number one it focuses on Laurie Jupiter, the teenage daughter of one Sally Jupiter. That's her name, right? The first yep. Silk Spectre of the in the Watchmen series, and uh, great book. I mean, it's it focuses like on a teenage. Laurie Jupiter, who is being constantly trained to be the next Silk Spectre by her mother, and she's got teenage problems, which I'm like, I'm a huge sucker for. Sex, um, sex problems, sex problems, love problems, boy problems, you know, uh, fitting mm-hmm. in problems. Sure. Um, and it, I think it was just a, a superb issue touching on all those points. Um, uh, Sally Jupiter is pressuring Laurie. Her, her Sally Jupiter, her mom, is pressuring Laurie to be the Silk Spectre and to focus solely on that. She doesn't have time to be with boys. She doesn't have time to have a life outside of this training. And uh, you know, it's very hard for somebody in high school to f- try to fit in to to focus solely on something like that when she's got boy troubles and and everything else. And uh, she's uh, kind of flirting around with this one guy who seems interested in her. Horsatch. Is that him? Horsatch. Is that what... No? It's not I him? forget his name. God bless. <laughs> um, but she's got amazing skills. She's very athletic. But, uh, you know, she's she's a girl, and she's got self-image problems, and she's got this reputation because of her mother is like uh, throwing a hot dog down a hallway with that one. <laughs> and... Uh, Everybody in town knows she's the uh, she's promiscuous, and she's got sure. you know Tijuana Bibles made about her <laughs> and her open legs, and uh, you know so Laurie's. I mean, it's, it, I can't really say enough about it, and it's not like I tried to exp- co- compound my thoughts on uh, on a message board post earlier, but it's like 
when you read Watchmen, you go into it with all this weight on your shoulders. Like, you know, for whatever reason, you're about to read, like, one of the greatest books in history, in graphic novel history and book history, for whatever. So that, I think, somehow has to influence your reading in some way, whether it changes your opinion, good or bad. Um, it makes you look at the book a little differently, whereas these before Watchmen comics are just comics. They just read like a comic book, like other than the reputation they have of doing something so controversial, this is, there's no like, I don't know, there's no weight, there's no Alan Moore political commentary behind it. It's just a good book about a girl with teenage problems, and I really liked it because of that. Uh, haven't you been reading the internet? You have to be angry about this book. Why aren't you just fuming right now? I, because I don't give a crap, I guess. <laughs> I don't care. DC, I'm DC, put out all the, If you keep putting out comics like this, I'll love every minute of them. There you have it. He just I, blew everyone's I mind. That emotion. On the don't internet. sign a contract that. Uh, I mean, no, you know, live and learn. I'll probably get flamed for it. But <sighs> you're finished right now. But I mean, you can't stop me from trying to enjoy myself in, in the comics medium, and I'm going to do it with Silk Spectre number one. I haven't actually read Minutemen number one yet, but that's a darn when to cook. That's a good written one. and pencils. I have to read that still. Yeah. Lightning round. Lightning. Two sentences or less. Uh, a book that you've read. Uncanny X Force. Volume one by uh, Dale's dear friend Rick Remendo. <laughs> oh, Remendo and uh, Yaromo Pena. <laughs> that might be racist. I don't um, just as good, if not better. We should see if we can get a Facebook output invite out to Remendo about Barcade. Then astonishing X Men. By Joss Whedon. Lightning rebuttal. You heard it here first. Second time around reading this. Mark Farrington. Justice League number nine. A day in the life of story about the members of the Justice League. Nine issues in and they finally got one right. Why did it take so long? Earth two, <laughs> two. <laughs> I struggle to care daily about the Golden Age Flash getting his powers. It is a struggle I cannot overcome. Overcome. Love. <laughs> Earth two, two. Two. Amikami. One, two, and three. Amanda Connor and the brothers Palmiotti and Gray, who I don't think are really brothers. 99 cents. If you're expecting just pretty panels based on the skin statues of DC's Superhero, superhero in line. Realize that it's much, much more than that. I don't know if that's that even made sense. I'm sorry. Fantastic Four, Unthinkable, by Mark Wade and Mike Waringo. Classic, 
old school 2000s. I think, right? The year 2000? O two. O two. Uh, Markway Love Fest continues. We'll see if everyone loved it or hated this arc right. of Fantastic Four. We know what Mark thinks. This was his pick. Um, maybe we should let Mark give a little synopsis. Do you, or do you want to do the synopsis or do you want to allow uh, Jonesy Love Synopsis to do it? Do you mind? Jonesy's so good at that. Anyway. Uh, do I mind? No, of course. I would gladly pass you the torch. To say this is a story about Dr. Doom going against his arch nemesis is an understatement. Dr. Doom's story, like any story worth telling, starts off about a girl. It opens with him in Georgia going to fortune teller after fortune teller trying to find his lost love. Eventually he does, and he begs her, pleads her, come back to him. He made the wrong choice. He was arrogant, he was selfish, and he was wrong. Dr. Doom never admits that he was wrong. He sees a flicker of hope in her eye. She's willing to give him a chance, and everything unravels. He kills her. He makes a deal with the devil. He gets more magical power than he's ever had in his life, and he takes it to the FF. The FF are outmatched. None of them have any idea how to stand up to magic, and Dr. Doom is now stronger than the Sorcerer Supreme. One by one, he takes them down. They team up. Oh, and by the way, Dr. Doom decides to take Franklin Richards, the son of Mr. and Mrs. Fantastic, and throw him in hell. Literally. The FF are powerless to stop him. Reed, his only hope is to learn magic and get out, but he can't. He's a hardwired science guy. Always has been, always will be. He doesn't believe in magic. All hope seems lost. Then they gotta go take it to Dr. Doom. Uh, can we talk about the prologue issue of this book? Which, by the way, is my favorite issue. Prologue is, as Mark said, Dr. Jim going to every psychic he can find to find the location of his young love. And he, and, uh, he, and he, he, like, recites his entire, you know, young history with this girl. Finally talks to her, this elderly woman, and giving him another chance. And then just vaporizes her <laughs> right in front of like Fooled our eyes you. and he needed to do this to create this you know to finalize this barter system that he made with these um you know hell agents and he has this new suit of armor which almost kind of makes it look like it's from her flesh that's what i thought it was to be honest with you because the only reason i thought that was someone remarked that his new suit was like made out of leather Did yeah i remember that yeah the thing did Okay. They said, you know, you, tr- you traded your your metal armor for a leather, and it's not quite standing up or something. How? Oh, what amazing issue! It was so vicious, I couldn't believe. <laughs> it's so Doctor Doom. I was like, oh my god, Doctor Doom is like that's where this is where he starts to turn nice. Yeah, hands down, the only well written Doctor Doom issue I've ever read. He's noble, he's intelligent, he's smart, and then he's heartless. But even while he's murdering her, he's telling her that he cares and. The only reason I'm doing this is because I need to sacrifice the one irreplaceable thing to me, implying her love. Unreal. I was, like, floored at this issue. The guy is an animal. The guy is an animal. So this leads into, like, I don't, I don't, the only other Fantastic Four I think I've ever read was the the beginning of the Hickman run, 
with uh, that Scott Eaton who makes everyone look like they're ripped. Do you remember that artist? He did this. Oh, yeah. Sales oh, eagles him. Uh, Dale yeah. Eagles him. Uh, yeah, him. He did this Captain America super secret soldier something or other. Do you remember that? Brubaker mini? Yeah. And Captain America, like, he weighed 500 pounds and could break my Reed, neck. And that Reed second Richards issue, was like he took bulk. out an entire splash page <laughs> and just his neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so those were those the muscular Mr. Fantastic of those were the only other Fantastic Four I ever read. And Ultimate Fantastic Four, which I loved. But, um, it was, it's, a, it's actually the, it, was shorter than I remember. I blew through your hardcover that you lent me um, for the unthinkable, and it was it all boiled down to like Doctor Doom uh, getting read into a situation where he didn't think he would get himself out of. Meaning he had to learn magic, which goes against you know who re- who Reed is with science. He thinks science everything there is has a scientific explanation. So he had to go against his like total reason for being to save his family which i thought was really cool and i love that he couldn't do it he refused to outright do it he watches franklin in hell he watches his family get tortured and he's sitting there cursing himself that i will never believe in magic i can't do this mm-hmm. other than mr dr strange was in it although he's kind of a loser well right yeah. yeah it was cool that you got enough dr strange to kind of help introduce the feeling and thoughts of magic to read because otherwise Doctor Strange is pretty confusing mm-hmm. to follow but uh, yeah it was the way Mark Wade wrote a stubborn Reed Richards I think was wonderful because I could you know it just totally seems like in his nature to truly believe that there is a scientific explanation for everything he just hasn't bothered to look into the scientific background of the magics that uh, Dr. Doom is employing and it there's just there's just absolutely no scientific reason it's just uh you know Dr. Doom and the magic he's using is operating at different on a different plane of of reality and there's just no there's no scientific method to it you have to believe in magic and you have to believe the incantations and the words you're saying in order to you know cast these spells and it's just uh read up until the very end just barely gets it mm-hmm. yeah and the and the whole aspect of you know putting his kids in danger is just really wild to me especially valeria that's yeah. just, that was just like heartbreaking stuff because apparently before this issue uh Sue was going into labor, and something, either Reed was locked up somewhere, he couldn't be available, so Johnny Storm had to ask Dr. Doom for help, and uh, knowing full well that Dr. Doom wouldn't be able to say no, because uh, once before, Sue had a miscarriage, and Reed screwed it up, so Dr. Doom, in his, uh, for an effort to him to brag and say that he successfully helped Sue birth Valeria... There's some sort of link, and Doctor Doom's only requirement was Doctor Doom get to name Valeria, and there's like there's this whole weird link going on, which totally explains what was happening in the first few arcs of FF. Yeah, I, that that's I didn't what I know. Too. I didn't even completely know about that, but they're linked mentally somehow, and uh, he's like carrying around Valeria in his arms, like putting her in danger and making her kind of watch the Fantastic Four get tortured. How funny was it though that one scene where um, 
Reed figures out that Valeria is connected to Doom because the eye color is wrong. And everybody's like, no, no, Reed, you're overreacting. No, no, no. And uh, Valeria speaks in Doom's voice. is like, no, Richards. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, how uh, Dr. Doom calls Johnny Jonathan all the time in the book. <laughs> Jonathan, I don't, I don't know about this. Doom was just so B.A. in this book. Like, how about when they're flying to Latveria and Reed is just angry. Franklin's trapped in hell and he refuses to believe he's coming up with all of these theories as to how doom can be beating them so badly and ben's just going it's magic no it can't be it's it's reed how many things have we encountered that we can't explain it's magic of course you don't like this magic's the one thing you don't know and it's the one time when you're not the smartest person in the room so he beats them all into submission uh he's telling reed while he's holding valeria i won't let your child go if you just say you're beaten. Surrender. Right. So he finally gives up. He says, you win, Doom. I can't. You win. I surrender. So he just puts Valeria on the ground and says, all right, I'll let your child go. But what about Franklin? Franklin is still trapped in hell, and they're watching him be tortured. Mm. Amazing. There was a... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, uh, Another great scene where Doom pretty much says, you know, if you want to go toe-to-toe, I'll level the playing field. I'll give you everything that I use to become... You know, an adept sorcerer, and he locks uh, Reed into what you think is like a tiny cell, and then Reed turns around. It's this massive library full yeah. of books and scrolls and stuff. That was pretty cool. Um, but to be honest, I thought the best two issues of this volume were the uh, follow-up epilogues, talking about like the emotional downshifting of this event. I agree with that. Mm, really? Yeah, Franklin is silent. After he's been so scarred and so seen so much in hell that he can't uh, express himself, he doesn't talk anymore. And he thinks he's still in hell. Yeah. yeah. You like that better than Unthinkable, Jensen? Uh, I, I, for some reason, I just really liked the Ben Grimm sitting next to Franklin Richards and being like, "I know what you're going through because that that was my life. Being trapped is the thing." But as you grow older, you realize that, you know, he says stuff like, I've been able to see multiple universes. Because of this tragedy, it's led to so many great things. And you kind of have to have an outlook like that in order to make this okay. To me, that was like a touching moment where you kind of get inside the head of Ben Grimm. And he's not just the ever-loving, blue-eyed thing who's, you know, kind of an airhead who likes to punch things. You get like... A peek behind the curtain, and that, and Mark Wade writes that so well that it's just one of those great issues where you'll that'll stick in your head after you've read it. But I mean, I liked Unthinkable. In fact, it, I'll be honest; it might, this might be the only Fantastic Four run that I actually have sat down and enjoyed. And because Mark Wade is such a great writer, I want to sit down and write what he's written. But uh, I did, I did love that epilogue issue. Issues. Issues. Um, what about John? Isn't John Burns FF regarded as like the greatest sliced bread Fantastic Four? It is, and I think this has kind of developed a cult following that anybody who's read it tries to argue it being as good, if not better. And taking away all the jokes I make about Mark Wade being my favorite writer, I agree with this. This is, to me, pitch perfect my Fantastic Four run. And we didn't even talk about the ending um, where. Doom is like being sucked into hell, right? And uh, was it hell or was it something else? It was, it hell. was hell. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so and he asks Reed for help to get him out of there, and Reed pretty much says no, and like hey, this is a trick, you know, I'm, you're less than nothing. But Doom like uh, leaves him a mark, leaves him something that you know he won't forget this moment, and he like scars his face with Doom's like hot lava hand, I guess. Hot lava hand. And then Superman dove, dove down and <laughs> exfoliated. <laughs> Uh, and I, for, I had forgotten about Doom that kind of, I'd forgotten about that little happening. The only other thing I remember around that era was when I guess Wolverine sliced Thing's face and he wore that mask for a while. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was like early '90s. I remember that. How but, did Mister Fantastic um, get rid of his scar face? It happened when they went to heaven. <laughs> oh jeez! <laughs> you know what? Get out of here. No. <laughs> Let's just end the show. That was. You laugh, but those three issues are some of the best Fantastic Four stories, period. When they went to heaven was a good did Jesus part. Did Jesus take away the scars? They meet God. I don't want to spoil it, but they, they meet like God. Stanley. And they high-five Reed Richards and Jesus high-five and play hopscotch. You know, going back to what you were talking about, Jonesy, with the epilogue, and that the most powerful panel to me is when Ben is explaining to Franklin when he turned into the thing, every night I used to pray that I didn't wake up. And shout out to Mark Wade. He's just, again, pitch perfect in getting the voice of every character he writes. Um, just nailed it. I will, I can say a small criticism. It's not on Mark Wade, but I, while I love um, Waringo's art, I think there's, some, there's definitely some sort of uh, heavy undertones to the book, like emotional, that... I think with the the style of Waringo, the co- the cartoony kind of bubbly, yeah. It, it I, I want to say kind of some of the emotion was lost visually because it looked so happy, and it, the style like looked more cartoonish, more Saturday more morning cartoonish than what uh, could have been. Uh, I portrayed. I agree with your points. I think you Doctor I mean? Doom wasn't intimidating at all. Yeah, and that, like he should have been, you know, scary as ass. To you know? see, like, to see the uh, some of the pained faces of Reed and Sue about their children, one being in hell, one being trapped in Doctor Doom's arms. Uh, they just weren't. I don't think the emotion on their on their faces were relayed as well. They were like gasping with their mouths, but smiling with their eyes. Yeah, it was like, man, I could just watch this on TV all day long because it's so beautiful <laughs> and fun. But that's not. But I do love the style. I'm sure, and I'm sure. The run that Wade and him went on, there are probably some happy, awesome stories that the art would fit perfectly into. But I mean, I loved—I don't like the, these other guys. I think we're all in agreement. I—I never sat down and tried to read a run of Fantastic Four, and I'm glad we picked Mark Wade because, you know, I—I I heard him on an interview once where uh, somebody asked him, like, Mark went. What do you think you did where you actually recognized that you were sort of kicking A, not being modest, like you write good stuff, but what do you think was your best work? And he said Fantastic Four was his bet. Like he really felt like he was kicking butt and he took names on it. Wow. Yeah, so I was really interested in reading this, uh, and I'm glad. I'd love to get uh, the rest of the stuff. I actually got a kick in the butt from the uh, from Sarah Titus of the comic book shop because yeah. because uh, it's not actually in print right this second. So if you see it at your shop, snag it. They do say in a couple months there should be more coming out and some sort of different reprint. But 
uh, we all had to borrow Mark's books and uh, like Schlub share. We've been yeah, but he's got a nice hardcover. Oh yeah, that navy blue with just fantastic four on it and silver. That's nice looking. I hardcovered the uh, the run because I just loved it so much, and I read Mark Wade's first issue of this back in two thousand two, where it was on sale for either nine or ten cents, and I have never been so captivated by a single issue as that one. That perfectly explain the premise of why the world needs a Fantastic Four or why the Fantastic Four exists. And to quote a buddy of mine, he just said, Mark Wade got it. He gets them. Yeah, I, I really think he does too. I mean, the uh, the emotional attachment that they have trying to have kids in a, in a situation such as theirs where they're a superhero team but also a family and Reed's unwillingness to believe in something not scientific and sue in the mother the mother hand the motherhood of it and and dr doom's pride gets in the way of a lot of stuff that was really you know he uh he was read basically full doom into speaking all this uh prideful stuff in front of the demon saying you know there's none better than me even with sorcery and the demons are like oh yeah you know and they suck him down into hell that was a good one uh sorry when uh reed's like you know you might think you're the best, but you know somebody else is really piping your power. You're yeah. not the one that that did all this. You're you know you're not a hundred percent responsible. And Doom's like Doom is responsible, and then Doom is nobody's puppet, and he kind of like seals his own fate yeah. mm-hmm. because of his classic Doctor Doom pride. I love Doctor Doom, and when he goes all Doom, Doom, yeah. Doom, he goes all Doom on Doom everybody. Doom. I do want to hear one final word from Slim though. Some spin. Uh. I yeah I I enjoyed it. I think the the best issue was that prologue issue. The um I just I have, I have a hard hard time relating to the FF. I don't know why. It's just that Reed can be such a jerk sometimes. Yeah, he's okay. a father. He needs to start recognizing the fact that he's a father. He needs to chillax. How great was that epilogue issue in part one where Reed's in a funk. His child's depressed and. He's got this horrible scar on his face he can't get rid of. And back it up, Reed Richards can't get rid of a scar, so he's upset about that. And so Johnny Storm, of all people, tries to talk him out of that funk. He grabs a laser rifle. They go to a time machine, and they track down Doom when he's a little boy. And he just hands Reed the gun. It's like, all right, here you go. You can cheer yourself up. You know what to do. Right. And Reed uh, says, I can't do this. It'll create a paradox. Johnny goes, exactly. And he starts basically explaining to him how it could have been worse, everyone will be fine, blah, blah, blah. Reed cocks the gun and fires it at Doom. It was, oh, well, Reed does show emotion from time to time. He I did it for a lock of hair, right? What was the, What's the reasoning behind that? In the next story arc, they invade Latveria, and they need the hair to get past Doom's defenses. <laughs> Duh. Does all right, we're, we need to get into question. letters right now. Uh, gets... Unthinkable. You heard it first. Mark Wade. We got <laughs> your letters. I'm going to open them up. Farrington's going to read them to you. Letters at paperkeg.com. Shoot us an email. We'll read it. And uh, we'll be hanging out at Barcade. July 20th. Fishtown, Frankfurt Ave. Can't uh, wait. 7 p.m. Friday, July 20th. I'm there. 
I will buy your first game of Rampage. Fact. Heard it here first. Sweet. This one's coming from a friend of the show, Faith One Listener Ramsden, saying at Paper Keg, just read Potter's Field, could be a great ongoing with some more character development on John Doe. Agreed it ended too soon and he wants more. So he's asking that basically every week he hears that Jonesy is an unpublished writer. He's curious uh, what this unpublished work is and if we'll be seeing a Kickstarter. Whoa. He's also got a two-part question, but I'll let Jonesy answer that first. Okay. Uh, Actually, a year ago, uh, cover artist Feenstead and I um, got together to perhaps do a comic based on a submission I had done for the old Epic line. And after much ragging by Slim... Uh, it's something we weren't able to get off the ground in the format we desired because, you know, two grown men with families and full-time jobs, it's hard to be a comic writer and artist and try to get any kind of production schedule. But I will say this, um, in the very, very near future, perhaps by the tweet-up, uh, we will have produced material and a post on our own website. Get out of here. Uh, the project is called Inherited. And, uh, you know, I, I won't beleaguer the show by a, a synopsis of what it's about, but uh, coming soon to a web near you. Cool. Inherited. We're excited. Dot com. Is that available? Not yet. <laughs> Second part of Ramsden's question. Week after week, we hear Dale underscore A introduces the podcast bad boy. <laughs> what shenanigans has he done to deserve this? Oh or gosh. is he just falling... Um, Pray to slim sarcasm gonna, or <laughs> new term slim rolled. I'm gonna slim I'm gonna rolled. jump in and just Google Dale versus the little people. And you'll know why he's the podcast man boy. Well, he I think Ramson. I'm not sure if Ramson had gone back and listened to everything. I think he said he did, but Dale got a little you know he got he got a little antsy back in the old days. He would he would take <laughs> aim at any kind of you know uh, minority. <laughs> Color commentary, if you will. Disability under yeah. Barbara Gordon's Oracle wheelchair days. The workable legs Work- were mentioned. Workable legs. <laughs> so you, I don't even think it was really Twitter. Like, well, podcast bad boy. Well, yeah. Did he say Twitter bad boy or podcast, podcast bad boy? Podcast bad boy. Oh, okay, yeah, those are definitely the uh, reasons. A lot of stuff was questionable. I st- I, honestly, I still have those thoughts in my head. I just honestly, I feel bad. I mean, uh, <laughs> I know it, I do it all for comedy, but still, like that's yeah, that's your follow up. You always say something, and you're like, it's just for comedy, folks. <laughs> it's just, it is. It's for comedy, but like these these are creators, and then they're pouring their hearts out into these books, and I feel bad. And right, and you're trying to make friends with creators on Twitter, and God help you if they listen back to any of these episodes. Yeah, I, I just got an email cooked. from Somni. He's not coming to Barcade anymore. If I get on poor Barb's Gordon's uh, little unworkable legs and, <laughs> you know, little people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what, the exact quote, I think, what was little people? Little, it wasn't little people or their worst. It was, it like, was midgets are terrible. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It's little people are garbage. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Uh, I think there was a not one, true. There was one time where we almost edited something out of the show. I don't remember what it was though. And he used to tell flaccid jokes every week. Yeah, he used to have <laughs> yeah. a joke about flaccid, flaccidity. And then I ran out of words that rhyme with flaccid, so obviously that's got a short. Dipped into life. a vat of flaccid was one of them. <laughs> that's I sounds like those... they took a trip to Lake Flaccid. Yeah, that was yeah, my yeah. favorite. Yeah, those were the those were the mm-hmm. origins of Philly's baseball player Flic- uh, Flacido Polanco was another one. 
Yeah. Um, uh, who had a joke about when we read Scout? Was that D de- Sale? I don't remember now. I remember that being that book being great though. I remember that being a heated book that almost broke up the show. Next, I was not is, involved in that episode. Just to let you know, Jim in Hillsec is saying, "What's the status on Sandman? Maybe book episode one hundred, or from Hell? Maybe if you do stop the show, Sandman would be awesome as the last book club." No, not gonna happen. Sorry. <laughs> which, that the sh- which that the show will never end, or the, the we'll never do Sandman. <laughs> Both, bro, bro. Keep going. Maybe we can all read it. We we'll just talk about it at the meetup. <laughs> Gotta come idea. to the meetup to have the book club. <laughs> Mark's the, Mark, you'll never hear Mark's opinion on uh, Sandman then. <laughs> maybe, maybe, I maybe like Sandman. Maybe come Christmas time we'll get a little Christmas present. Sandman was cool. Something. Christmas present? Uh, like Christmas Morpheus. podcast? Maybe before For we Christmas do the time new we'll uh, gift the listeners their Sandman podcast. <laughs> In hell. No. Uh, what a show. Alright, well it's been fun. Well, did you have another letter? No, not at no. all. No. Why are you, why are you both have, getting up? Because what's, there was, what's going there on? was silence. <laughs> like Mark and are both like on the edge of their seats looking like they're about to <laughs> I'm about to jump in the there as soon as the music plays. It's one in the blue. Uh, but I will say, as a second episode, this broke right through the wind column. Yeah, it was, it was better than the special wind column. Past second episodes. Yeah. Uh, we'll see everybody next week. Uh, book club to be revealed in the fireside. If right. Whatever that is, whatever that is. Google Doc, Google Doc, yeah. Google Doc, uh, Google Doc it. And I think officially, when this post, we'll have our biggest month ever in terms of paper cake. So nice. thanks everybody for listening. You guys rock. Peace them out, y'all. Google Doc, got it up. What's uh, what's next on the list for next show? Oh man, we got some, got some good ones here. Yeah, bringing up the Doc now. Uh, I don't know. Well, I know uh, we wanted to do Infinity Gauntlet. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's going to be next episode or the week or the episode after. Uh, Reed Gunther, Luther Strode. Um, oh boy, severed. Echoes. We want to do echo, echo, echoes. I kind of want to do BPRD now too. BPRD would be pretty cool. Yeah, maybe not so that. close to Hellboy though. Yeah, but still, it's good, right? Let's uh, just do it. F it. F it. F it. F it. Yeah, boy. Let's see. So, Severed. Infinity Gauntlet. Which did we just do a superhero book? What was the most F- Fantastic Four? Yeah, we just did. F- yeah. Yeah, so that you know, we try to stagger uh, genres, publishers. I think I think we should do. Is it Reed Gunther or uh, Echoes? Are those our next ones? Yeah. What, what does everybody think? I I loved Echoes. I would definitely do it for a book club. Who's Echoes? David Mack? No. No, it's uh, Jonesy's boy. Yeah, boy. Remember, you met him at uh, New York Comic Con. I did. We uh, talked for like fifteen minutes. It was nice. 
Was that when you said you'll be Do right back? You just want to go shake his hand? <laughs> yeah, I don't know his name yet, Jonesy. Yes, sir. Jonesy does not want to mention his name. This is your <laughs> cue to actually say his name. Was it 15 real minutes? Jonesy does not remember no. the creator's name. He's looking, <laughs> he's looking in the app to try to find the name. Uh, I have to. I, I, I talk to him forever. He writes iVampire for the new 52. Hopefully he doesn't listen to Paper Cake. He, uh, la- he did Last of the Greats. I know. Oh, such an A. Well, that's the end of Jonesy. Yeah, just just write I'm me gonna out. shoot this link to him on Twitter. Right, do me a favor, write me out of the show. <laughs> Maybe I fall off a cliff at the end. We'll wait and see if Jonesy ever comes up with the creator's name. But Echo I have a lightning rebuttal for you too. I know AVX, right? Yeah. Or no, on, on Kenny X. Don't change the subject yeah. though. That's we can sit here all down, night until down, you come on down. until you figure out your best friend's name. I have Echoes in the app too. He can't unfollow you fast enough on Twitter right now. <laughs> no, it's, that's it's, right. It's all good. It's okay. I'm still searching. <laughs> I got we got some other good ones on this candidate list too. Let's hear it. Flex, Let's hear it. Flex Mentallo. Uh oh. Severed. Mm-hmm. Do these uh, nightly news. Nightly news. Hickmania. Hickmania. I was just going to say. Ms. Marvel. I want to do. That's that's a request by Dale underscore A. <laughs> Channel Zero. Brian Wood. Our Woodian friend. Love Brian. The B Wood. B Wood. Did you read Ultimate Comics X Men yet? I didn't, not yet. Okay. I heard a review. Yeah? Yeah, by a close personal friend of mine. And, uh, yeah, he made it totally, he sold it. He did it, he he did it his own it. way. They I, I bought the book before he sold it, but he resold it oh, to me. I'm an idiot. I didn't know that. <laughs> What's his name? Joshua Fialkov. Mm-hmm. Great yeah. guy. I did meet Only him for took 15 five minutes. minutes. <laughs> I know. And I, I'm such a uh, Jay. I did meet him for five minutes. <laughs> no, no, it was more than that. Uh, we talked about Echoes for a while, uh, right before I met Scott Snyder and his mom. Do you think the conversation <laughs> meant as much to him as it did to you? Right, because you just went on the Scott Snyder. You didn't even talk about No, I, he was happy to talk to me for the entire time. All right, so next book. What's it going to be? Echoes. Echoes by... Josh Fialkov. Not to be confused with Echo, which we just did a few issues ago, episodes. Mm -hmm. But uh, what's what's show number two? Should we hold off until the next episode to announce? Yeah, we can talk about that off air. Yeah, Yeah. let's do that off air. Let's hash it. Yeah, for our our few minutes remaining, I kind of wanted to hear Jonesy's lightning rebuttal. Yeah, to Uncanny X Force. Uncanny X Force is incredible up until issue eighteen, but I don't think it can go against gifted and then the follow-up story where wolverine is fighting the godzilla monster and uh like kitty pride is like i really miss colossus and and you know colossus is inner mod like am i ready to be back and wolverine's inner mental monologue is i really like beer come on astonishing x-men you know what though <laughs> astonishing gifted was great the second one was good but those last two arcs kind of tapered for me. And maybe because it suffered because of delays. Because that last arc was just took forever to finish. Did you read the X-Force one we're talking about? I read them both. Mm-hmm. And you agree with something? No. That it's better Do you remember what my, bit, my original statement was? That it was better than... Did I say it was better? As good, if not better. said at least as good. It's true. I um, re- withdraw my lightning rebuttal. I... St- it was just fantastic. Jerome Opeña on art and those the colors. Who does who does the colors in that book? Don't remember. It did make Josh uh, Fialkov. Stop. 
You know, he does. The, he keeps the color scheme for. Um, I want to say Matt something. Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, uh, he the color, the 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 amount of detail that Opinion does in that book is astonishing. His work in that book is fantastic. I don't disagree. Um, every character is it's just as good as Whedon did in Astonishing X Men. Psylocke is the best version of that character you've ever read. Um, Phantom X, who gives a rat's ass about that character outside of Uncanny X Force? Nobody. True. Nobody. It's Wolverine true. is great in this book. Deadpool? Made me care about Deadpool again? I huh? hate Deadpool. Huh? I hate him. I'll tell you what, the, the color colorist on this uh, series did make me finally like the blue and black X Force uniforms. Which I really not cared for before this. I really made him pop. I like that. Um, pop, pop. I, pop, that, pop. Uh, Remendo just started posting pictures of his creator-owned book with that artist that we all kind of didn't prefer in the most recent Uncanny X-Force issues. Same thing. All Acuna? All, no. All art. Uh, Dean White did the colors for X-Force. The That artist... All like angles where you can see the bottom of their chin to the side of their face. Oh yeah, and the creator own like stills. Like, am I the only that. person on yeah. Earth that like sees this? I don't get it. What's going on right now? He says. Get it. What's the angle? Like this. Like I'm tilting my head back. <laughs> like I'm looking at something in the sky and I'm turning my head to the left. Oh okay. The five o'clock shadow looks amazing. There. Uh, you page through any of those issues. There's at least two heads doing that in each page. Like I don't get it. How no one else sees it. Yeah, yeah. At least it's anatomically correct. Do you want me to say something about it and be podcast a bad boy? <laughs> Nobody <laughs> likes it. It's garbage. All right. <laughs> I don't care if you dump your heart and soul into it. All right. It's dumb. I just. Uh, it feels like I'm on a planet where you know I'm in the twilight zone, where I'm the only person seeing what I'm seeing right now on the page, and I just don't get it. Just don't get it. So I'm sure. Tweet, I mean, good luck on your creator on stuff. I'm just. I mean, it's not for I'm me. I'm sure there's a tweet in your drafts. Section that you'll never release. I have a I have a tweet draft list, my friend, that will knock your socks off. The stuff that I could never post anymore. Poor poor me. Poor censored you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really my... crying for you. <laughs> Working for the man. I'm gonna put it in my memoirs. When yeah. I, uh, yeah, when I'm out of your ghost writer will help. Right. You. Where exactly can we donate to that charity? I got my dream job and can't say what's on my mind anymore. <laughs> It's not as bad as I make it. I have a wonderful wife and a beautiful son, and I'm gonna move to New York, and I love. I have this great job that I love, guys. You gotta help me. All I do is succeed. All right, (laughs) everything goes my way. It sucks. Oh, you guys, you're just adorable. My life is so great in comparison to your SE life. I almost cursed. I was close, but you've got a lot going on. You don't worry about. You guys want your own show? Don't worry about. Start your own podcast. You know, Evan Evan, Evan Black Stello. Not that. You know know what, listeners? This just in. When he moves to New York and takes Dale with him, they're going to replace us. They're going to get two new hosts. They're going to get Mike and Bonesy. (laughs) Stay tuned. They're like the paper cake Statler and Waldorf over here. Blackler and Waldorf. So why, stay why tuned we, for why the paper keg network so quickly. <laughs> stay tuned for the paper keg network of a podcast. Statler and Waldorf. Uh, <laughs> so, when this post, will your ancillary characters podcast have been recorded, Jonesy? Yes, it will. I hope so you be, might have already heard me. Maybe you're going to be in such comedy gems as Jonesy asked us. Dot, this, dot, is, dot. this conversation will be moot, I guess, at this point. But 
last week, Jonesy will have recorded a guest spot on a podcast, and he asked us about God bless um, recording his own audio and <laughs> Skype, and it's, it could be the, the podcast could be brutal. Hold on yeah. to your hold on to your butts. I'm glad you enjoyed it. This will be hindsight us looking back at Jonesy right before he recorded this. What was the what was the app you're going to download? Auditory. <laughs> 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 Probably Audi- be up for a Audi- Webby Award after Audi- Audiocracy <laughs> I, I, oh, Transformers man. Autocracy Audio app. Seth is gonna have Audacity? to ship. Seth is gonna have to like ship you a laptop Good luck, that's Seth. already on, <laughs> yeah. and you just have to hit one button and it automatically records you. God bless. God wow. bless. <laughs> Anything else before we wrap up, gang? Nope. Not a uh, next week. What are we clocking in? Uh, this is one oh eight. Ooh. Yeah, still we still have not gotten under an hour, even Sorry. though uh, let's just shut it all down. Is it last show? Greatest on iTunes. Last show ever. Plug sixty four. It's an even number. Sure. Shoot us a, a review on iTunes. We're Thanks. up. We're up to thirty reviews now, folks. That's mega. I mean, you should that's look. A lot. That's, that's a lot. That's an S ton. I mean, we have a loyal, loyal fan base, fan listener base, and our friends, uh, our friends. Are the best friends Friends ever. of the show I am glad that we Do have friend, uh, Friendly relationships With all of them Absolutely We're I think we're very approachable I mean especially on Twitter Since none of us like Face to face conversation Especially know. Tweet us And we slim. will tweet I'm much more approachable Some's got like 60,000 followers Jonesy's like Shaking the hands At the people at Wawa the He's trying to He's all Wawa's Offering delivery men A beer And things like that I know I do what I have to do For the people can't wait them. to see him at this meetup. He's going to be covered out of epic. there in a stretcher. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> He's going to start trunk beers like four days before. Ah, uh, trunk beers. Ah, I remember trunk that. Beers. Things Damn. you give up when you're a parent. Mm, we might trunk beer the birth. I don't know. Things Jones is going to give up when, when he's a parent. Paper keg. Probably. That's right. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Bonesy's on cue. He's in. Uh, oh, Bonesy. no. Mr. Griffin. <laughs> End it. End it right there after that. All right, guys. I killed it. We'll see everybody next week.